Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello listeners and welcome to part two or part one, whichever way you're listening round to it, but this is the second show in our in our WrestleMania review um type thing. And as we said on the other podcast, this is me and Mo. How are you doing, Mo? Yeah, I'm tired, um still, <laughs> but uh yeah. Getting over quite the weekend, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And as as I said on the other show, we're going to go through through this in our classic style, where we go through all the matches and stuff. We probably won't talk about TV um, at all, really, because I imagine this will be a long show. So we'll we'll, we'll crack on um, with the whole weekend, but more um, good weekend for you. I know I know you were watching more than just WWE content, weren't you? So just just a good wrestling week shall we call it for you yeah oh yeah i mean there were those brave souls or mad souls uh depending on how you look at it that decided to stay up through the night um who were obviously here in the uk um catching live on demand streams of shows from promotions like evolve and um others and um you know if, if you were doing that then uh you you really didn't sleep at all. So yeah, two was bad um, enough. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, I wasn't quite so brave or committed or stupid. <laughs> uh, so I um I just watched shows the next day. But I mean, saying that, I've still got quite a backlog to try and catch up on mm-hmm. um, over the next few days and um, this weekend. So. Yeah, it was just a mad number of shows. It really was. But, uh, yeah, very, very high quality wrestling across all the shows. And, um, you know, there are many fans, um, including a lot of friends who went over to, uh, New Orleans to try and catch as much wrestling as they could. And, uh, they just had the time of their lives. So, um, I've, tr- well, I've committed myself to trying to get to WrestleMania next year in the whole weekend and catch as much as I possibly can. Um, I feel like I'm the only one missing out here, so um, I'll see if that's possible. But uh, no, it was it was a cracking weekend and uh, a real treat for uh, fans of wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, maybe some stuff was a bit of a letdown, but we'll we'll get we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but we'll start with the undeniably brilliant 
show that was NXT TakeOver New Orleans. Um, the one the match that started the uh, show was the North American Championship. If you think that's a silly name or whatever, <laughs> well, that's, a, that's another discussion. But um, Adam Cole, EC3, Killian Dane, Lars Sullivan, Ricochet, Velveteen Dream. I mean, was this probably the perfect way to start the show, Mo? Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. Very uh, high-octane, uh, energetic contest. Went for over 30 minutes, and it didn't feel like it because no, it was uh, all action. You know, really had very few lulls throughout the uh, contest, and uh, they kept a good pace to it. And, uh, yeah, I thought the mixture of, you know, the smaller guys alongside uh, the big men in Killian Dane and Lars Sullivan worked pr- pretty well, so... Uh, it was a good mixture, and it made for a you know, really, really good match, one of the better ladder matches we've seen in recent times out of the WWE in the widest sense. So, no, it was a very good start to the show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw Adam Cole obviously win. I think that was your prediction more, so well done on that one. Um, <laughs> but um, how well did you think it did for the debutants? Obviously, EC3 coming back to the WWE um, and then Ricochet, who was obviously probably the one more people were most excited about. Did did we see the best of them, or was it just a drop in the ocean? I mean, especially with Ricochet. Yeah, I mean, he started it with, uh, I think it was that springboard, um, I, I don't even know what you'd call it, where he took out literally everyone on the outside. Um, but is, is it just a uh, good sp- beginning? I think for it was him? a springboard shooting star, but yeah. no, I mean... You know, there's so much more to Ricochet, um, and a match such as this allowed him to show a little bit of it. But um, you know, singles matches where you know he would have perhaps shown a little bit more. But you know, I think we'll probably have to wait um, a few months before we see exactly what he's capable of. And uh, if he gets a really big match at the Takeover prior to SummerSlam, then uh, That'll probably be the first time we see him in a really significant match. I think we'll probably see uh, two or three really good matches from him um, on the weekly NXT show. But uh, Mm -hmm. the WWE generally doesn't like to have its talent on NXT put on blow-away matches on the weekly TV show. So uh, we will see some decent stuff. But again, it will just be snippets of what he's capable of. Um, Whereas EC3 is a solid worker, but nowhere near Ricochet's level. Um, So, you know, he's more of a personality type performer than somebody who's really amazing in the ring. And what did you think of the two big men? I mean, Lars Sullivan's more of a monster kind of grounded heel, uh, not heel, monster type character, isn't he, where he's just all about power and stuff like that. And Killian Dane's quite unique in the style that he still works a bit like an indie, doesn't he? He's obviously still got the high-flying stuff for his... uh, considering his size and stuff like that, but them two really impressed me, considering what the, what they did and what they went through. I mean, Killian Dane, I mean, he's so unique. I mean, I could see him being a blast on, on the main show as well as NXT, if he if he does get a singles run eventually. Well, yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, Killian Dane can certainly go. I mean, again, he's not really had a chance to show it here, uh, but he has, um, in the past had some really, really good matches um, in singles competition. Um, he had a really good match against Nakamura for Revolution Pro here in the UK um, a couple of years back, just before he went over to the WWE. Um, so he, he's capable of 
um, performing at a high level. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that he'll get called up to the main roster um, in the next 12 months. Um, and Lars Sullivan is somebody who is coming to the business um, at an older age. I mean, he, I think he's still in his early th- to mid 30, but uh, he, he's got a very unique kind of throwback look to him, um, like uh, a monster heel from maybe 30, 40 years ago. Um, but, you know, he still showed that, you know, he's learning and developing all the time. Um, certainly didn't look out of place in this match. So I would suspect, um, you know, he's another one that the company would like to do something with um, on the main roster. Yeah, he definitely has a place. I mean, <clears throat> just look at what Braun Strowman's done. I mean, he's obviously quite unique on the main roster and he's he's got over hugely popular and um, it's showing that the monster the monster uh, type character isn't dead on the main show um but um velveteen dream i mean i don't think he's i don't think it's been it's unfair to criticize him for not reaching the lofty heights of his alistair um alistair black match from a couple of takeovers ago but i mean he had some nice spots in this i think um it's a death valley driver wrote a a flipping Death Valley driver that he did to, I think it may have been Ricochet on the ladder. I mean, that was a very good spot, but he's he's just done, he's just potential, isn't he? He, he could, he has the world at his feet, and he really does, doesn't he? Oh yeah, he does. Yeah, you know, he's very young, but uh, time is very much on his side, and he's already so so good, um, given his lack of experience. So um, there's no need to rush with him. I mean, they can keep him there in uh, NXT for another couple of years if they wanted to um, and let him become very, very polished before calling him up. Mm-hmm. Um, saying that, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he does get called up in the next 12 months as well. But as I say, no real rush to bring him up and uh, I hope they uh, kind of uh, take their time with him because if they do, then you know, they'll reap the rewards in so we. Yeah, and we'll kind of we'll we'll, we'll uh, mention Adam Cole and combine the next match as well. Um, so he obviously won. It was it was your pick, but do you think this is the right decision? And, and why do you think it's the right decision? If so, more. So with Adam Cole, um, you know he's somebody who has excelled as a heel champion. Um, you know he did very well as the ROH champion when he held the belt in Ring of Honor and. Uh, you know, I've got every faith that he can do the same with this North American Championship, and um, I had the feeling that um, you know, going into the match, he would be the one of all of the individuals to pick up the title. It's saying that when Ricochet came out last, I th- uh, I thought, well, mm, that's interesting. Maybe they want to just put a belt on him straight away, um, but uh, that that seemed to be a bit of a swerve. Um, but of of the individuals in the match, I thought it was realistically between two. It was Ricochet or Adam Cole uh, for me. And uh, I thought, no, they, they won't go with Ricochet straight away. Um, Adam Cole's been impressive since he arrived. And uh, I think they'll reward him with a, with a, with the championship. And so they did. But uh, I, I, I'm going on his experience uh, from the Ring of Honor. I think, um, you know, if he replicates that, then uh, he'll certainly uh, be a good uh, first North American champion. And uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how he uh, gets on with it over the coming weeks and months. 
yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna combine the tag team match in this. I know the women's match was after this on on the actual card, but we saw undisputed era keep the tag team titles um, with just a brilliant bit of storytelling with uh, Roderick Strong turning on Pete Dunne. Um, the match itself, what well, it was just a bit of a, a madness, wasn't it really? But just your thoughts on on the Roddy turn yourself, because I thought it was bloody brilliant. Yeah, oh yeah, it was. Um, you know, I didn't expect it, and most people didn't either. To be fair, it was so well executed, and uh, you know, it was um, just really, really smartly done. Because I had a feeling that they might want to put um, Kyle O'Reilly with somebody else, but I thought it might just be somebody else who's within the NXT or developmental system, but not on TV at the moment, but um, for them to go with Roderick Strong, that's fine. Again, they, they've got um, history, both uh, in Ring of Honor, they fought against each other, um, they know each other well, so um, you know, they should uh, mesh very easily, and uh, I think they'll make a very good team. But uh, yeah, the angle itself was a very nice one, and um, I'm quite looking forward to seeing... Um, Roderick Strong is a as a heel. I, I think as a baby face, sometimes he can come across a bit too vanilla, a bit mm-hmm. too ordinary. Um, whereas as a heel, he might just uh, stand out a little bit more. So yeah, obviously um, Roderick Strong's joining the Undisputed Era. Um, it looks like well, the, I think they kind of teased it a bit on Twitter that Pete Dunne put a picture of him with. Uh, Mustache Mountain and Tyler Bate. Um, do you think there's a feud between UK and North America kind of coming? Because I mean, that that is absolute printing money. That. Oh yeah, I mean that'd be something that'd be quite cool. Um, they've got um, the uh, WWE UK shows now announced um, for June. Two events um, on successive nights at the. Uh, Royal Albert Hall, I think it's in June, and um, you know they they'll be looking to uh, line up some matches for that show for those two shows um, on NXT, and so uh, yeah, having an undisputed era against Mustache Mountain and um, and uh, Pete Dunne, you know, would be a good way to build up um, night one, I think it would be, and I think it's second night, which will have the tournament to crown a number one contender to Pete Dunne, who is obviously the uh, current United Kingdom mm-hmm. champion. But, um, yeah, that, that that would make sense. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. I think I think that tag match, it, it was better than it, I think most people expect, just from a storyline story perspective. It was such a good such a good swerve. Um, but we'll, we'll go back to the women's match. Um, for me, this was a bit of a low light, but I'm not sure if that's because the women's match itself was bad or just the rest of the card was just different levels. Um, Shayna Baszler beats Ember Mood, who now has debuted on Raw. Um, your thoughts on the match itself and Shayna Baszler as a champion? Yeah, so I think I got this prediction right as well. Um, wasn't quite so successful on the WrestleMania picks, but uh, <laughs> never mind. Yeah, I, I was, again, happy with this match. I thought it was a pretty decent match. Um, but I think it felt more underwhelming than it perhaps really was because um, 
the match before it was so so good and because of how good the ladder match was um it took the wind out of the sails of the crowd to an extent and uh they were quiet um during the women's match um but um they certainly picked up a bit more towards the end and um you know what they were treated to was something uh i thought overall uh, was quite effective and did its job so yeah i was quite happy with it yeah i mean uh, it, there was a couple of nice spots wasn't there? i think the eclipse onto the outside um was very good um i thought shana basil trying to pop her shoulder back and was a bit bloody weird uh, <laughs> um <laughs> but um Reversing the eclipse for the for the finish was very good. I think that was very smooth. Um, that was probably the highlight of the match for me. Um, it was weird. I, I think I thought with the first match at the previous takeover as well, I, the match didn't really click with me. I think that was kind of the same again. But um, yeah, I, I think it'll be better for maybe Shayna Baszler to get a, a new feud as well because I think we've seen Ember Moon for a, a few years now, haven't we? So um, I think if they re reignite the final of the uh, May Young Classic it may may spark something new into into uh, the title again um, but yeah I think it I think it was alright it's just the fact that it was on such a strong card it probably didn't help it either did it no that's right yeah so uh, you know um, certainly being um, the match after that great ladder match and then uh especially on a show that featured one of the all-time great matches in company history. <laughs> it was always going to look um, like a match that was pretty poor. Um, but you know, looking at it objectively, it really wasn't. It was actually a very fine match. Um, and uh, you know, in some ways, slightly better, I thought, than the uh, match they had at the takeover in, in January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. But uh, we'll, we'll move on to the NXT title match. Um, it again, uh, it's, uh, Almas. I don't if he topped um, his previous match at the last takeover. I mean, he was doing wonders, but it wasn't wasn't too far off. It was a, it was a very very good match again with Alistair Black. Um, obviously, Alistair Black is now the new NXT champion. Uh, we saw Selena Ve- Selena Vega get involved probably a bit more than usual, which was maybe a bit annoying, but it, it kind of added to the match to a certain degree. Um, but uh, what did you think of this match? I, I thought it was very good. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was an exceptional contest. Um, you know, it's um, really a great showcase for Alistair Black and what he's capable of. I mean, for those that have been watching him for a long time, um, you know, they've seen matches of this quality out of him. Almas is somebody who has taken his time to adapt um, to the WWE style, but um, certainly in recent months he's shown that, and obviously that was never more evident than his classic against um, Gargano in January. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the match was really, really good and uh, very well worked, um, very well timed, good layout for the whole contest. And... Um, yeah, Alistair Black won and uh, became the new NXT champion. I don't think I called that one. I think I went with Almas to retain, possibly. Um, I'd have to think that. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine with Black as a champion. Um, you know, I think he'll be a, a fine champion. And um, I hope um, 
he's protected and used in, a, in an effective way. I mean, he's different to your typical performer, um, you know, in t- terms of his promo style, his in-ring style, his character. Um, but, you know, what makes him different is what makes him so appealing. And as long as WWE tries to um, protect that, uh, then, you know, they could have something quite special on their hands. Yeah, I mean, I think NXT will be it'll be pretty damn successful. I mean, he's already, he's already champ. I think NXT is not the worry. It's the, it's the, when he eventually gets called up to main card. We've seen um, dark characters like him. Uh, I don't want, I don't want to compare him to Bray Wyatt for your sake, Mo, because you might come fight me. <laughs> <laughs> but we've seen some play, We've seen some characters like that suffer a bit on the main card. I mean, Baron Corbin maybe as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how how he does uh, eventually get on the main card. But NXT, it'll be bloody fantastic. Whoever he's feuding with next, whether it's Al Drew McIntyre, whatever, um, whatever and whoever, it'll it'll be a very good match. Um, but more, I mean, it it's what we've been waiting to talk about, isn't it? I mean, I said it on last night's pod, I can't wait to talk about this match properly. <laughs> Johnny Gargano defeats Tommaso Ciampa in what is Wiki- Wikipedia is saying is a 37-minute absolute classic. I think I said in the preview, if it's anywhere near as good as Gargano v, v- Almas, it, it'll be up there for match of the year. I mean, this has just took the piss out of that last match and that was a five star match. So I think pe- I think wrestling journalists and people like that are gonna have to rework the starring system. Because if, if Almas and Gargano was five star, this is like six, seven star. Because this this is one of the this is probably the best match I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, I mean there were a lot of people that um uh, just were blown away by the contest and uh you know, the whole booking, the whole um, layout of it was just incredible. Um, obviously, uh, let, let's cover who won. Um, mm-hmm. Johnny Gargano uh, won the contest. I picked uh, Champa. Um, clearly, that never materialised. Um, I, I thought that um, if they'd gone with uh, Champa to win, um, that could have... Um, giving the storyline a bit more legs, um, whereas they went with Gargano getting his big win. Um, and in a way, it was a kind of match and performance and the whole storyline that went with it that almost was like how you end a feud and end a program. Um, but it, it certainly has the potential to go on for a, a little while yet. And especially when they have worked a match of this quality. You wouldn't want them to just stop and uh, not work together again. Um, saying that though, uh, good luck to both of them topping that match. That that would be <laughs> an almost impossible task. <laughs> but um, if anyone, any pair can, then it's them two. Um, well, the Cruiserweight yeah. Classic match was bloody good enough. <laughs> Never mind yeah, that yeah. one. Uh, yeah. But... No, I mean, th- this was a match which... Um, you know, you just had to admire in every respect, uh, no matter which way you looked at it, um, whether you're somebody that loves um, a match to tell a strong story, whether it's something that's got um, a strong heel face dynamic, whether it's something that has um, great drama, athleticism, whatever your tipple is when wrestling matches are concerned, 
um, this adds something for you in abundance um, to the extent you could have overdosed on it. That, that's how uh, much this match brought to the table. Um, it really was quite an incredible contest. And, you know, I mean, I, I've been watching these two um, for a number of years, you know, in the in, independent promotions. And, um, you know, they've always been, well, certainly for the last five or six years, been very, very good workers. Um but I mean, Gargano in particular, um, he's gone up to uh, another level entirely. Um, you know, the, the last few months he's looked like the best babyface in the business. And Wait, he's, he's, Bri- he's, like, he's Brian levels of babyface, isn't he? Uh, on NXT. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's just so likable, so well liked. Um, you know, whenever he does come up to the main roster. He's just going to be huge, and uh, you know my only worry is um, whether he'll get the Brian, Daniel Bryan treatment, or uh, whether they'll actually would have learned from their past mistakes and book him and protect him carefully, um, because they should know that they've got a potential superstar on their hands in, in Gargano. Um, he, he really does come across like a special talent, and that's because he is. So uh, all credit to both of them. Um, I think they probably had quite a hand in the storyline for this contest. And um, I think that, um, you know, they were probably quite instrumental in putting it together. Um, and, um, you know, just as well, because, you know, what what they assembled was, you know, as close to perfection as you get in, in the pro wrestling business. It was one of the all-time great matches. Uh, not, not for me, um not for me the greatest match I've ever seen. Um, and in fact, probably not the best match I've seen this year. Um, uh, but certainly, um, best uh, quite incredible. Oh yeah. For, I mean, from the WWE, um, it's match of the year mm-hmm. and, um, amongst the top five or six matches in the company's history. Um, I mean, I'd have to kind of weigh them up against the others, but, it, it might just be the best ever in the whole history of the WWE. Yeah, it, well, in my in my viewing time, it's what it's probably up there as one of the best I I can remember. I I may have to go watch stuff like The Undertaker versus HBK and stuff like that. But yeah, and uh, and uh, Hart versus Austin in the submission match. I think they're the ones off the top of my head that people love to talk about. But th- this match, it. it, it Jesus, it's it was so perfect from from start to finish. I mean, e- even the entrances. Tommaso Ciampa coming out with no music just to a chorus of booze. He's instantly gone from someone who's been injured for so long to being probably the biggest heel in, in the company. <laughs> Never mind bloody NXT. It's, uh, it was just bloody brilliant. And that concrete powerbomb spot. I mean, I, oh God, I actually winced with that. I physically, physically just felt a bit sick watching that. I was like, oh, it was... <laughs> Oh, it was just brilliant. And the storytelling at the end where he, he was going to sit next, when he was sat next to him and stuff like that. Jesus Christ. Who, yeah, whoever, yeah. whether it was Triple H or the two competitors, I imagine it was a mix of them both and, and the writers and stuff like that. But it, it, just absolute kudos to them. It, the, this match, it, it got what it's, it got what it's deserved after such a, a eight month, 12 month, uh, long build. It was, it was just 
it was bloody brilliant. And uh, I think we said it on the last week. We don't want to see him on the main event too soon because I don't think he'll be able to do that again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we'll... Uh, I don't want to say unfortunately, but uh, we go from the highest point of the weekend to some of the bit more lows. Um, pre-show. I mean... Got to be a bit time cautious, so we'll skip the battle royals because I know you'll just want to shit on Bray Wyatt, and the woman's one was terrible. So, um, the Cruiserweight Classic. I mean, other than the adverts inter- interrupting the match, which was just absolute farcical, I thought it was. I was expecting it to be a bit better. I'm not going to lie, but I think it did its job, and I think we've got a surprise winner, didn't we? Mel? I think we both picked Mustafa Ali ourselves. Yeah, um, you know, I, th- I thought it was actually. Uh quite a good match um easily better than those two matches that i won't name um can you, you know, call and, them uh, matches can you? <laughs> <laughs> it would be a struggle certainly um no it, it was just um a really good match and i was disappointed though obviously that uh ali didn't win i, I um certainly connected to him over the last few weeks the way um, they were developing his character and uh you know, the push he was getting and um, the story and everything else that went with it. You know, I thought that they did a really good job of that and uh, certainly felt like um, there was perhaps plans to make him the champion at the show. Um, but, I mean, as, as happens every year at WrestleMania, um, they will have a change of plan. And it, this certainly felt to me like they were going into the show with the intention of making Ali the champion but then for whatever reason, they changed their mind. Um, maybe even as late as the day of the show. Uh, and again, this has happened quite frequently. You, you'd be surprised, in fact, at how often uh, the endings to uh, WrestleMania matches are changed and how late they are changed sometimes. Um, but, you know, it, nonetheless, I mean, I'm still fine with Cedric Alexander becoming the champion as well. He's also very, very well of the title. Um, worked really hard over the last few years to um, get into the WWE and then um, make something of himself in the company. So, uh, yeah, I was glad and uh, I'm, I'm sure that we'll see more from, from the two. Yeah, absolutely. I think it wouldn't surprise me. I, I haven't watched um, 205 Live this week. I did watch NXT. Um, but, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they have the rematch at the Saudi event thing. Um, but we'll, we'll move on from the pre-show because we have got we have got a lot to rattle through. Um, the show opener, um, Seth Rollins defeating The Miz and Finn Balor. Another surprise for us more. I think, I think, we, both, I think we all picked Finn Balor, if I remember correctly. Um but um, yeah, Seth Rollins wins in again another up perfect um, curtain opener for me. Um, exciting match, full of decent spots. Everyone had a good part to play in, in the uh, in the story of the match. Um, even Miz coming up with some decent spots. I think he did skull crushing finale from the top rope, which was very very good to see. Frog splashes, cut the. The fact that Seth Rollins got the curb stomp back, it just adds so much to it because it's over finish. It was crap. <laughs> uh, but the curb stomp, it, it's just brilliant. And um, some weird, some slightly weird entrances um, with the LGBT uh, thing for Finn. I'm not, I'm not complaining that it was there. It was just a bit, it just seemed a bit weird at the time. But um, your thoughts on this match more? I thought it was pretty damn good. Oh, yeah, it was. Absolutely. Um, you know, great start to the show. I thought um, 
you know, all three uh, worked really hard and uh, the match was laid out quite well, um, gave it a good amount of time for the opener and um, you know, some nice near falls at the end. And um, somewhat of a surprise um, with Rollins winning, but, uh, you know, I've got no complaints about that, um, whether, it, whether it was T or Balor picking up the title. Um, you know, we, we would have ended up with a great champion either way. So, um, no, I was fine with that. And, um, you know, as far as the show itself, you know, that was, there was no better start to the, to the show. So, uh, that was a, a good job all round. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and we'll, we'll move on quite quickly because I think we'll be talking a bit more at length about some of the later matches. Um, Charlotte Flair breaks Asuka's streak in defending her championship. It obviously goes on to SmackDown and loses it as as Carmella cashes in. Um, for me, more this match was really, really good, but I thought the wrong person won. Um, I thought the streak, it kind of felt a bit premature to me, and especially the fact it only got uh, 13 minutes. It was a good match, but I think Andy brought it up in, in the WhatsApp group. It, it needed a bit more longer, and I don't think I don't think the streak got the respect it deserved. It didn't seem to be a momentous occasion, which I thought it should have been. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah, I mean, the thing with this streak is that um, the majority of fans, I, I think, don't really care about it. Um, and I think part of the reason is it was not really something that was hyped to a great extent um, whilst the streak was developing. Um, you know, in a latter kind of year or so in NXT, um, it would be mentioned now and again, but the more effective streaks are those that are pushed down your throats almost. I mean, you think to the Undertaker one relating to WrestleMania, and then you also think to um, Goldberg when he was in WCW 20 years ago. Um, you know, these were all things that were pushed down your throat, and, uh, you know, you'd know about them. Whereas with the Asuka one, um, it would be mentioned, but um, in passing almost. So, um, I think that's why fans didn't care about it whilst 
that street was in existence, but um, they also didn't greatly care when the street was broken uh, by Charlotte. Um, yeah, I, I felt that a better time to end the street would have been for her to do so by dropping the title. Yeah. Um, and maybe something like SummerSlam might have been the time to do it. But um, oh, That's my thinking as well, yeah. You know, it, it was not something I was you know, violently um, objecting to by any means. Um, I wasn't too fussed the fact that she lost the contest. Um, and, and I thought it was actually uh, a great match. Charlotte's best match for, oh, probably since she's been on SmackDown, in fact. Um, and, and, I mean, you've got to have some sympathy for her that, you know, certainly... Um, with? <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. But also she had to... Um, Kind of go into the background to an extent as well, and ah, almost yeah, make. Yeah. So, um, you know that that was just what it was. But um, she certainly comes to the fore now, and uh, there's a lot of talk that um, you know she could be in the main event of next year's WrestleMania against Ronda Rousey, um, <sighs> as be as the first women's main event in WrestleMania history. So, uh, you know that that's something that you know we'll have to see if that happens, but. Um, yeah, the, the the match itself was of a very high standard. They worked really well together, and um, you know some fine spots in the contest as well. Um, so it was nice to see Charlotte work with somebody that's really high caliber for a change. Yeah, I think that I think that's the point. Uh, that's a good point that Charlotte, when she has a chance to showcase her um, full potential. Um, she she really does do it. Um, now that you've mentioned the Ronda Rousey potential main event next year, I think it kind of makes sense. Albeit, I'm still a little bit disappointed. But if the if they are trying to build a Charlotte as kind of like a Super Cena thing, as like someone who's just unconquerable kind of thing, I think kind of makes sense if they are going the uh, Ronda Rousey route. Um, but yeah, that kind of makes more sense. But I still think the streak could have went a bit went a bit longer, as you said. SummerSlam may have been the occasion. May, may have even main event in the SummerSlam. Um, and then it may have been seemed a bit more momentous. But anyway, it was a very good match. I mean, maybe the ending was a bit premature, but I think that's more to do with um, the people behind the curtains rather than the two performers themselves. So good stuff for me. Uh, probably one of the best women's matches since... I don't know, maybe the triple threat of the two years ago at the WrestleMania. Um, but we'll move on from that. Um, oh, God. I just realised what's next on the list. <laughs> um, the US title match. Uh, more? Do you want to give this more than three seconds of your time? <laughs> I will, but not much more. Um, it was what it was. It was just um, a card filler. and a big uh, middle finger. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, it was screw you for getting behind somebody that we don't want you to get behind. Um, so obviously Rusev um, didn't win the title, and furthermore uh, was the recipient of the uh, of the pinfall. So um, you know, and he... also SmackDown, and now he's fighting the Undertaker in Saudi Arabia. Oh, <laughs> well, uh... well, he was, but he's been replaced. <laughs> oh, has he? He's already been replaced by Chris Jericho. Yeah, yeah, half the press. So. Okay. Um, Jericho has drafted in to replace. So yeah, probably the uh, tweet um, sent out by Rusev, "Bury me softly, brother." Um, didn't go down well. Uh, but um, yeah, 
not not a good few days for Rusev um, or his fans. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, certainly um, fans of Jinder Mahal would have been uh, lapping it up. Um, All three of them. Yeah, he's a champion again. Um, won the title and uh, won it clean over Rusev. So you know, it is what it is. Um, now we're going to get another title run with um, somebody that you know is is a very limited in ring performer. But um, you know, as, as a heel character, he's actually not too bad. So um, you know, we we can't expect great. US title matches, but um, no, we might see some semi-entertaining interviews or segments on SmackDown. But um, you know, if you're if you're expecting five-star classics from Jinder, then um, you might be waiting a while. Well, at least we found our new pee break on SmackDown, I suppose. Um, yeah, less I say about this, the the better, really. Especially now that Rusev. I mean, there was obviously rumours that he was asking for his release and stuff like that, and I think it may be true, <laughs> but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the draft and stuff um, next week, and we'll may uh, we'll we'll come back to the Rusev situation when we get a bit more time, and then we can talk about it properly. Um, but the next match, this was probably um, one of the highlights from, for most people, I imagine. Kurt Angle, Ronda Rousey defeating Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Um, how much of a surprise was this for you? For you more. I mean, Ronda Rousey just looked brilliant. Yeah, I mean, she did. Um, you know, when we were talking about it on the preview show um, the other week, then I think I did speculate that it should be a, you know, a, a pretty sound match. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be a poor match just because, um, you know, with like Triple H involved and Kurt Angle, they weren't going to allow it to um, come across poorly. So, um, you know, I, I expected it to be a decent match, but um, I was wrong because it was match of the night. It was quite amazing. Um, I, I was actually almost blown away by how good it was. Uh, and it all credits to Triple H and, you know, whichever other agents they worked with, um, whether it was Pat Patterson, Michael Hayes, I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, whoever it was involved in putting that match together, you know, they did a great job. Um, it's it's common knowledge that, you know, the four individuals, and in fact the referee, Drake Wirtz, had um, been working on the match um, down at the Performance Centre in Orlando um, over a number of weeks. So it was a very well-rehearsed match, very well-practiced match one they, they put a lot of time and effort into and it paid dividends because um, you know, what they delivered, what they treated us to was something that was well above expectations, even from the most optimistic of fans. I don't think anybody expected it to be this good. I don't think anybody whatsoever expected it to be match of the night. And while some might, might disagree, my others might say that, um, other matches were better. Um, for, for me, this was clearly the match of the night. Um, Rousey, for somebody who was competing in a first pro match, uh, looked incredible, quite frankly. And uh, you know, if this is what she can do in a first match, then um, good grief, we're, we're in for something special. Um, and uh, all credit to Stephanie as well. Um, as a heel, 
Um, she performed so well. Um, and, you know, a lot of full-timers who are heels can learn a thing or two from Steph. Um, no, but, uh, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that, that was uh, certainly uh, a, fine, a fine performance from her. And, and even the two guys um, looked good as well. But it was the ladies that stole the show. Um, that That was quite a remarkable performance from those two. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I agree with your shout for uh, match of the night as well. Um, it it was such a it was such a surprise for me because before the show, this was one of my actual concerns for it. I thought, I think the fans would enjoy it, but I think it may have been more of a a fun match than rather a good match. And what we got was both, and it was it was just so good. It's such it was such a surprise. Um, and as you say, I thought the men had carried the match with Kurt versus Triple H, but it really wasn't. It, it was, I think, the the uh, weight of the match was kind of shared quite well, but if anything, the, the women um, really did steal the show. I mean, as you say, Steph, who wrestled probably like twice in a decade, this being the second match, um, she 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 just played her part perfectly. And the best thing for me with Ronda Rousey, they showed her being a bit vulnerable, showed a vulnerability. And we've seen with Brock, obviously, coming back from his UFC spell, where he's he was literally... Un, he was just unbeatable. I think he's only lost, like, a handful of matches since he's came back so many years ago. Uh, but with Ronda Rousey, obviously, working with Steph, who is a part-timer, who isn't a who isn't a worker, who isn't a wrestler at all, uh, I think it, it bode wells for the future when she is working with Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, Asuka, whatever. Um, that there is potential for matches um, going there rather than just steamrolling them. So, yeah, that that, that was probably the best thing for me. Um, so, I, as you said, the potential there is it, it's just it's just bloody massive. Um, I'm really looking forward to where it goes. And, uh, again, I'm raw. She goes back and tries to embrace Steph's arm again. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> She, she's definitely popular. I mean, my shout for the heel turn on on the preview was was just stupid. I think I underestimated how popular she she actually is, but um, she's she's definitely a star. Um, she's she's got it. And once they polish her up a bit, maybe on mic skills, maybe in in the ring um, when it's not able to be rehearsed as much. Let's see where it goes. But absolute potential there is it, it's scary. Um, so we'll move on from that to. In another mad match, um, Bludgeon Brothers beating the Usos and the New Day to gain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Um, they were booked really strongly, weren't they, more concerned who they were against. This is New Day and the Usos who have carried the Tag Team division on SmackDown for so long and had probably one of the feuds of the year and stuff like that, but the Bludgeon Brothers just absolutely steamrolled them and this is them showing they have a lot of faith in this tag team. Yeah, that's right. Um, but I mean, this was a match that, um, you know, I, um, I, I really didn't care much about um, because there was just so much um, you know, stacked on the show that, uh, no, it was really lost in the shuffle. It really was. And, uh, you know, I, um, I I just uh, felt that okay, here's the match. Okay, fine, it's over. And within two minutes, I'd forgotten about it. So um, you know, it, it was 
it was not it was it was one of these matches that didn't come across much like a wrestlemania match i mean yeah we had the nice entrance i suppose if you want to call it that for the new day with um the little guys oh but, god uh, i forgot about that that was <laughs> bloody brilliant and i bet yeah. Andy's head exploded <laughs> yeah that, that that was uh quite amusing um and uh you know that that was for me perhaps the highlight of the whole thing um and after that it was all downhill but uh no it, it was a shorter match um by comparison to the others and uh yeah they they kind of worked hard but um you know they didn't have enough time to put something together that was outstanding or all that memorable and um you know, it, it was just a, just a match, really. Yeah, I think I think we'll see the potential. Well, after the draft sort and see who which tag teams are on SmackDown, etc. But I think them as champions should be quite fun because we haven't really seen a a monster tag team that isn't AOP, really. Um, but uh, we'll move on from that and kind of one of the weirdest booked matches, or if if we're going to call it a match, um, segments of WrestleMania. Um, Undertaker defeated John Cena in 2 minutes 45, but that's only telling half the story, really. Um, John Cena obviously sat through the uh, pre-show and the first couple matches of uh, WrestleMania, and then then he's seen um, running backstage as a referee comes to tell him that The Undertaker may be here, which is now an instant classic meme on Twitter, etc. Um... Then he's in the crowd. Then he's in the in the ring, waiting waiting for the Undertaker, and then it happens more. Elias comes out. I mean, that was bloody brilliant, and I don't care what you say. It was. It was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, you know, not a massive surprise. I mean, there was talk about Elias being part of the Rumble match on the pre-show, and then. He clearly wasn't on the show, so it sort of gave away that he was more than likely going to be involved somehow, some way in this. Uh, well, uh, one of two things, either the Cena Undertaker segment mm-hmm. or the uh, tag team contest later on for the Raw tag team titles. If, but, if um, only he was involved in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, we still got to see him come out and... Uh, play the guitar um but uh yeah i mean it, it was obvious all, all the way that uh we would some somehow some way eventually get Cena versus the undertaker and we did um i didn't expect it to be as short as two minutes 45 um you know i thought even if the undertaker is limited in what he can do they'll surely still go at least 10 minutes but we didn't even get that so um, you know, that, that, that was a shame in a way, but the upside to The Undertaker working such a short match is he looked good. Um, you know, he physically looked good, um, looked, um, in better shape than he had in previous WrestleManias for the last two or three years. And, uh, he moved, um, perhaps a little bit better than he had previously. I think he's had operations since his, Last mm. WrestleMania appearance. I think, it just, uh, I think his hip was done, I think. Yes, yeah. So, um, you know, if that's an indication, then uh, you know, maybe he needs to replace his other one as well. Um, 
but no, it, it certainly shows that he isn't quite done. Um, obviously, he won the contest, and uh, we know that he's competing in the casket match against Chris Jericho now at the Great Royal Rumble event in Saudi Arabia. So, um, at the very least, we'll probably see him at least at the next WrestleMania, and he might look to even stay around for um, another year after that. And uh, if he does, then that will mark 30 years of The Undertaker in the WWE, near enough. So, um, yeah, maybe that's what he's now intending to do, is to stick around until then. And if he does, fine. But um, Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, do you see a rematch with Cena? Um, I think that's probably one of the natural storylines for him now. Um, do you think that's a possibility for next year? Um, yes, it is. Um, but, um, you know, with Cena, though, um, it's a bit confusing as to where he sits in the whole pecking order within the WWE. I mean, what is his role now? What is the intention um, for John Cena going forward um have they decided that he can't be allowed to surpass the uh title reigns of rick flair if that's the case then they might not ever book him to become a champion again which for somebody who's only just turned 41 and physically still clearly appears to have a number of years left in him would be quite a shame for Probably in his best form for years as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's certainly not somebody you can describe as past his prime. Um, You know, he's still an exceptional uh, worker with the right opponent. And um, it's just a bit strange that they have booked him in the way they have. And especially bizarre, considering that he's still arguably the most popular um, talent in the entire WWE. Uh, when it comes to ticket sales, merchandise sales, he's still number one. So um, it, it is a bit strange that they're booking him in the way they are. I know that he's now you know, got other things on the go as well, and you know, with TV and movies, etc. But uh, nonetheless, um, you know, surely when he is around, they can use him a bit more effectively. You know, you only have to look at somebody like Chris Jericho; he comes and goes as well. But when he is around, um, they do a pretty decent job usually of booking him and making best use of it. Whereas you can't really say the same for Cena over the last six to nine months. So um, I'd like to think that they'll do something a bit more meaningful with him. And maybe that might be a rematch at WrestleMania next year with The Undertaker, possibly even as early as um, SummerSlam this year. But um, whatever they do, they, they need to improve on how they book him and how they use him because um the evidence of the last six to nine months is is, is so it certainly suggests that you know they could be doing a much better job of booking him yeah i mean as you say i think it's just highlighted by getting squashed by the undertaker in, in two minutes i mean it's not some random it's not a bray wyatt type situation it's john cena <laughs> it's uh one of the best of all time and stuff like that it was it, it it was just a disappointment for me. I mean, it was it was a shock factor, but uh, I was expecting to see something of a competition, not uh, mm. that. Um, but we'll, we'll move on from that. Um, 
probably another another high point. I don't think, not for match quality wise, but just an absolute spectacle of seeing Daniel Bryan back in the ring. Um, obviously, him and Shane winning. Uh, I think this is where people may have been expecting a swerve because obviously the stipulation that um, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn lost the jobs on SmackDown if they didn't win. But no, we we got the uh, Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon winning. Um, the match itself wasn't great, but how good how good was it to see Daniel Bryan back in? Oh yeah, it was so much fun. Um, he was immensely popular. The reaction he got coming out and even during the match as well uh, was something quite special. Um, the early going saw Shane in the ring um, for a good, oh, must have been eight, nine, maybe ten minutes. And the crowd was dead, actually. They uh, were mm-hmm. very, very quiet while Shane was in the ring. And they only came alive when uh, Daniel Bryan uh, tagged in. And um, he he really looked physically like he hadn't lost a step at all. Um, was moving around the ring um, just as well as he used to. And um, the execution of moves and the timing and everything was um, spot on. So... And that that was very pleasing to see, and uh, you know he certainly made a, a good effort during uh, his time in the ring. Um, but just a shame that um, you know he couldn't have been out there in perhaps a singles contest with a really good opponent and put together an exceptional WrestleMania match. But uh, as it was, uh, on the whole, it was still a good tag match, but um, nothing um, outstanding by any means. But Nonetheless, great to see DB back. And um, no, Shane, with his whole diverticulitis and all of that kind of storyline, um, you know, who knows exactly where they're going to go with it. But uh, it was um, just uh, a little bit on the bizarre side, the way um, that whole thing was booked. But uh, Yeah, the injury yeah. at the start was kind of... I think it kind of killed the crowd, <laughs> as you said, but... Um... Yeah, it was such a good moment to see him back. And um, I think even a better moment on the SmackDown where he fought AJ Styles. I mean, that's that's the stuff of dream matches that you'd probably want to see at WrestleMania itself. But we got it on the uh, two nights uh, on the second night after WrestleMania. But yeah, um, as you say, a singles match would have been good. But we did we did kind of get that on SmackDown. Albeit it, was, it wasn't the stage that match deserved. But hopefully we see them two work again. Um, but yeah, it, just to see Daniel Bryan back is so the main point from this. From this, and we'll see how um, Kevin Owens and Sammy fare on next week's Raw, I imagine. But um, yeah, that'll get sorted. Um, but uh, we'll move on. Um, oh God, I can only describe this as a disappointment. More, um, it may be a bit harsh, but I was expecting so much more from AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. For me, it was it should have been match of the probably match of the weekend before the weekend, but obviously Gargano and Champ are pissed all over that. <laughs> but um, this match for me, it, it wasn't a bad match. It just wasn't what I was expecting. It seemed a bit slow with a flurry at the end, which kind of is what you see on like Raw and SmackDown a bit. Um, so for me, it just kind of felt it just didn't. It wasn't what I wanted. Mm. Yeah, no, I can't disagree. Um, easily the most disappointing match of the, not just the show, but the entire weekend, in fact. Um, you know, as I've mentioned on the pod in recent weeks, 
had high expectations for the contest, um, was comparing it, um, well, sorry, sorry, kind of referencing the last match that they had in one-on-one competition, which was in another company, New Japan Pro Wrestling, back in, I think it was January 2016. And um, that was quite amazing, incredible, really special match. And I thought uh, they had it in them to pull together something that, even if it wasn't quite as good as that, would still have been an outstanding contest in its own right. And we got nothing of the sort. And the conclusion I drew from it is that, um, unfortunately, Nakamura is no longer the great worker he once was. Um, you know, he's getting on in age. I mean, he's actually younger than AJ Styles, but um, you know, certainly throughout his time on SmackDown and even for a fair amount of his latter period in NXT, barring one or two matches with Samoa Joe, um, Nakamura has looked like somebody who is past his prime. And uh, that, that's sad to see. I mean, he did work a very physical style in New Japan and perhaps injuries have taken their toll now. But um, you know, if this was all he was capable, all he is capable of, then you know, perhaps we have seen the last of uh, Nakamura as an elite worker. But um, you know, he has turned heel. He did turn heel in the after the match, and um, obviously um, cemented that on SmackDown. And uh, it'll be interesting to see where he goes as a heel character um, you know, in the coming weeks and months. But as um, one of the world's best talents who can put together amazing matches um i think that nakamura unfortunately is no longer with us so that is sad um especially somebody like myself i've been watching him since his very first match back in 2002 as a rookie and um you know he's had an amazing career in the uh, subsequent 16 years but um you know he just isn't looking like the guy he was back in New Japan. Or, or even if you think back two years ago to uh, the NXT match he had against um, Sami Zayn. Yeah, I was gonna was... I was gonna ask was that was that the only time we've seen the Shin- Shinsuke Nakamura in, in WWE? Is that is that the only time you think he that is him at his peak? Yeah, that that's as close to the old Nakamura's you know we'll probably ever see in the WWE. Um, because even after that match, um, like I say, bar a couple of really good matches with um, Samoa Joe, uh, we we didn't really see him hit those tights or come close to it uh, during NXT um, and his time there, and certainly not on SmackDown. So you know, it it, it is sad, but um, you know, then obviously we've got AJ, and uh, you know, we've seen on a number of occasions over the last 12 months that he has been able to deliver in the ring and, uh, you know, he will move in a different direction eventually, but, um, you know, there's still a bit of mileage left in this one. So we'll see how it pans out and maybe having a stronger faith heel dynamic might help, um, both of them to pull together uh, a better match in, in, you know, in the future. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they uh, fight a backlash or the Saudi thing. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if Nakamura wins um, the title eventually. Um, he, he may he may have been past his peak, but I, I I don't think I just don't I think the one is 
the big moment to be the heel turn rather than a title change. Um, so maybe maybe the delay in that. Um, but at the same time, I, even if Nakamura's past is best, I think we've seen AJ Styles carry worse talent to have probably more exciting matches. Even if he, even mm. if Nakamura's past is best, he, he'd still be able to perform to a certain level. I mean, we've seen AJ Styles have good matches with fucking Jinder Mahal. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah... Even concerned that I'd expect more, but I think storyline-wise, it was at least interesting, albeit disappointing, the match itself. But I think, I think we'll eventually see Nakamura get the get the title, um, because I think we you got you can't have AJ Styles carrying. I know he's capable of ha- carrying a show on his own, but we need you need uh, SmackDown to be carried by some pe- some other people as well. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes, and I think Nakamura. I've, I, did he did he work as a peel in Japan much? I, I'm I'm not sure. He, he seemed to be always a face from from stuff I've heard. He seemed to be that popular guy. But did he ever do good heel work in Japan? Um, oh. I mean, he, occasionally he went into other promotions um, and um, was part of interpromotional rivalries where um, you know he got to work in a heel style. Um, as the outsider coming in, I think I think he did that with Pro Wrestling Noah, um, but um, in New Japan, um, I don't think he did work as a heel from memory. So I think he was always um, a, a face. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the face heel thing in, in Japan is generally not as strong or as prevalent. Set in stone, yeah, um, as it is. Um, Certainly in the West. I mean, in Japan, it's more more of an emphasis on it being a sport. So um, right. the whole face heel divide. I mean, in saying that, I mean, New Japan in recent years under the um, guy under the the leadership of two individuals called Gato and Jado, who are the main bookers for the company, um, have certainly introduced a stronger face heel dynamic um, to certain characters, but. Um, Traditionally, it's not as strong in Japan as it is elsewhere. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think he'll be perfectly fine as a as a heel, um, and I think he'll uh, get on quite well. And I think it'll make him a bit more interesting because I felt he was certainly losing a bit of momentum because uh, he just wasn't able to go out and have those killer matches as a babyface. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think in the WWE, albeit stereotypical and stuff like that wwe tends to make foreigners heels doesn't it let's be honest um mm. so it, it may be easier to book him as a heel from from their point of view and get him over in that regard with the crowd so it will be interesting to see um but i think we i think we have to call this what it was and was a disappointment but we'll we'll move on from that um the crowd's probably dead at this point um oh i actually missed a match nia jacks versus alexa bliss um it just went as expected, didn't it, really? I think we all expected Nia to win, and that's what she did. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, it was what it was. It was just a, a match that was based around somebody getting a title shot and then ultimately winning that title um, because of bullying, uh, body shaming, and things like that. And uh, WWE wanted to put out a kind of, you know... Um, positive story that um you know somebody who is at the receiving end of bullying and that kind of behavior um, can overcome it um 
so that that was a good moment in, it, in itself uh, but the match itself was really nothing special at all um one of the weaker matches on the show and um you know again didn't really can resonate with me or connect with me in any profound way so it was just a match and uh Unfortunately, Alexa lost, and I'm sure she'll pick up the title again in due course. Um, she's just too good. Unless, of course, she moves back to SmackDown, uh, but with Raw is a clear uh, number one brand. Um, in some ways, it would be a bit of a shame for her not to continue on, on the Raw roster, but uh, we'll find out next week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but as, as I mentioned before, we came to this match. I think the, I think the crowd kind of, it it did it it did its last bit of energy with Daniel Bryan, and then after that, it was kind of dead until Roman Reigns <laughs> entered <laughs> the arena. But um, before that, we'll uh, we'll we'll do Braun Strowman and Nicholas um, versus the Bass, Cesaro, and Sheamus. Um, match itself was pretty crap with a, a couple interesting spots. I mean, it went four minutes. But what an absolute farce this storyline's been more. What a joke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after all that build-up of who's going to be Braun's tag team partner, for him to just walk into the crowd um, and pick out a 10-year-old and Nicholas, um, talk about underwhelming. That really was. Um, in fact, for a split second whilst he was walking around, um uh, my old mate, the NXT guys. <laughs> well, uh, w- one of the uh, trainers, in fact, from NXT, um, long-time British wrestler John Johnny Moss, um, came onto um, camera shot, and I thought, oh, not going to pick him out and have a match with him, is he? But uh, no, no, he, he was just hanging around, and uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, they showed um, some of the other NXT talent um, at ringside as well, watching the show. Uh, but no, it was none of them either. No, it have, had to be a 10-year-old, um, Nicholas. He was actually the son of um, one of the referees. Um, in fact, the referee who, made, who refereed that match, um, it's his son. Um, ah, it's, so he's not a, it's not a make-a-wish thing. That, that was the other rumour, wasn't it? No, uh, no. So, uh, so that kind of makes it, that makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was a planned spot, but... Um, in fairness to Nicholas, um, he actually came across like somebody who genuinely had no idea what was going on. Um, whereas you, you see sometimes, you know, in the past where WWE has used paid actors and, um, you know, they, they've come across so phony that the whole thing is clearly um, quite an embarrassing uh, uh, stage um, segment. Whereas it didn't feel that way it almost felt like um, he genuinely picked out somebody at random and um, decided to have a match with them but uh, no no it, it was all um, it was all part of the show um, but uh, yeah it, it was nothing at all clearly to write home about um, Nicholas uh, tagged in and um, you know tagged back out and um, was shaking like mad <laughs> <laughs> she can't really bloody, blame I'd for. be shaking just being in the crowd never mind in the bloody ring <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, you know it, it was just uh, perhaps somebody's idea of trying to be clever but I think most people really didn't um, think it was all that clever it was 
something that came across, as I say, quite underwhelming and um, you know, further played into the uh, narrative of those that thought this was a disappointing show. Which it wasn't, by the way. I thought it was actually overall um, quite a, a good show. Um, it did feature, for me, uh, three really, really good matches and several others that were also uh, pretty good or good. So, all told, not nothing to complain about, but um, was it one of the best WrestleManias? No, it wasn't. Yeah. Um... We'll, we'll discuss the overall picture of WrestleMania at the end um, just for a little bit, but on, on the Braun Strowman thing, I think it's made worse that it, it, he's literally took the piss out of the whole tag team division and then on Raw, he just gives the title back. I know he couldn't go to room with a 10-year-old kid, but I thought they'd at least do a storyline there or something. Um, but no, they just handed it back and then allowed this tournament thing to see who fights the bar, but it's kind of destroyed the Raw Tag Team division, let's be honest. Um, but hopefully it recovers quite well from that. Um, but what a farce. After all the rumours of legends coming back, new talent getting promoted and stuff like that, it, it, it just... Such a disappointment. I mean, it's a nice moment for the kid, obviously, but... Mm. Not paying to see the kid. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. But, um, you know, it was just a, a disappointment. Um, but... Uh... Yeah, hopefully um, they'll make a bit more better use of um, Braun, you know, in yeah, the uh, Royal Rumble event coming up um, later this month. Yeah, and uh, speaking of disappointments more, uh, the main event, I mean, it, it, was, it was what I feared it was. The crowd shot on it and it just became a suplex fest. With like five, I think me and Andy counted it last night. There was probably about five to seven moves in the entire match. It was pretty terrible. I thought the match um, overall was uh, a pretty sound match, but um, (laughs) but the um, reactions to it just killed it completely because the fans just didn't want it to play out in that kind of way. Um, I mean, we had, bear in mind, uh, Roman Reigns kick out of the most protected move in the entire company over the last several years on, was it four occasions before he... I think it may have been more, to be honest. I think, it was it, it might have been six. Well, I think it was Maybe the sixth, after the it? fifth or the sixth. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know... Is that it, not just it, overkill, though? It, it almost is, but um, I, I think they felt that, you know, when he did kick out, they would get amazing reactions. People wouldn't believe what they were seeing. And, and you know, you, you see that sometimes where, you know, um, you know, people kick out of moves that they think are the finish, and um, then they just go apeshit, whereas the fans at the... Um, Superdome were more interested in beach balls, and yeah. you know people. I mean, people that were watching didn't actually know any of this, but uh, there were police going into the crowd and ejecting people that were, you know, getting these beach balls out and um, tossing oh, them around. So, um, 
<laughs> you know, if you if you were wondering what all of that booing and cheering was all about, that was actually to do with. Oh, it wasn't uh, the match. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, no. So the, the fans couldn't care less about the match because they knew that um, Brock is heading to UFC at some point, and uh, they just don't like Roman Reigns. So um, they decided we don't care about either guy. We don't care what's going to happen in this match. We're going to shit all over it. So, I mean, if, if, in some ways, I actually thought they could have been even more harsh to, towards the match. But, I mean, if, if you ignore the reactions of the fans and just look at the match on its own, um, yes, the, the, the move set was quite limited, but you have to expect that with Brock. Um, but um, overall, I, I thought it was still put together as a decent match, but the reaction to it just destroyed it completely. And, uh, you know, it, it was in certain respects somewhat of a disaster. Um, but, uh, you know, will it, will it change WWE and how, how they do things? No, because no. <laughs> they won't allow the fans to dictate to them how they book their product and who they push and who they don't. So, you know, it'll be more of the same. Yeah. I mean, if I could be asked to rewatch it more, I may watch. I may have rewatched it on mute, but I don't think I could bring myself to rewatching it. Um, for me, it's just just the fact that it was the WrestleMania main event, and I think it's Roman's fourth main event in a row. It it just seemed a bit much. Um, I think the only thing that was probably good for me, well, not good, but just unexpected was Brock winning I think everyone expected Roman to win um, just because of the UFC stuff and all that it, 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 I just expected him to win I think most people did um, but Brock obviously won kind of stopped Raw having a, a weekly champion again but it, it, it was just it was just killed um, I, if, if it was by the crowd I don't think the match was becoming of a WrestleMania main event itself. I mean, we saw a similar situation when Brock originally left WWE Goldberg when the crowd killed that match. Um, it wasn't as bad as that, obviously, because that match was terrible. Um, but it just shows that having Brock and Reigns in a WrestleMania main event, it's just it's not it's not going to get what it's not going to be a good match, a good enough match to main event WrestleMania. And the crowd aren't going to allow it to be that good either because it's just going to be shot on. Um, so, yeah, I think they just need, they need to either do it at a small event <clears throat> where there's probably a casual, more casual crowd, but at the same time, you've built Brock up for this long. Um, it needs to be at a big event for him losing the, losing the title and, and going off into the sunset. So, I think they've kind of screwed themselves here, but if, uh, if it rains now... Um, he, he's going to have to. I know. It, I know. We just said WWE aren't going to change, but he's going to have to be a heel sometime because he can't keep going to these big events and getting shot on. It it it's taking the mick. <laughs> um, but hopefully, mm. hopefully Brian coming back and being the best, biggest face in the company kind of changes that because if the Fort Reigns was the scene of success, I mean, whilst Brian's there, he's just not going to be, is he? Uh, no, no, that's right. Um, no, they've got to really think long and hard about where they're going with Roman because um, no matter what they do, no matter what they try, um, fans just don't accept him. Um, I mean, f- for me, he's actually a, a, a heck of a talent. He's a absolutely, superb worker. Absolutely. 
you know, you, you look back at his matches on the big shows um, over the last two to three years, and he's had so many great matches. Um, you know, he, he really is a top, top performer, but uh, the um, portrayal of him, you know, fans are just not into the, uh, you know, if they turn him heel, there's every chance that the fans would actually just go um, completely into him, actually. Oh, uh, cheer him. <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but um, WWE and Vince in particular are very, very stubborn and, uh, you know, they um, just don't seem willing to budge. They just will try and try. And they, they, did, they did the same with Cena, um, you know, the fans refused to accept him for years and years, and yet they never turned him heel. And um, was it ever this hostile, though? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Even a big like I know he like had matches with Shawn Michaels and stuff like that, but was it ever like booed out of the building like that, like hijacking a match? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, you think back to like um, ECW One Night Stand 2006. Oh yeah, but that's spe- that special you know, occasion, isn't if it? If Cena wins, we riot. But um, you know, um, the other the thing that does benefit Cena is that um, you know that international crowd and you know that hardcore fan base wasn't attending um, your WrestleManias or Royal Rumbles. Um, in quite the numbers that they do nowadays. And I mean, there was still quite a heavy presence of them at those shows, you know, when Cena was, you know, the runaway top star seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 years ago. But um, it's even more now. And obviously with social media um, being much more prevalent now than it was then, um, that doesn't help either. So, um, you know, it's just, um, something that will carry on and carry on. And the thing with, you know, um, Roman Reigns is that, um, you know, he, these reactions are purely because he is the chosen one. And by that, I don't mean he's David Moyes. But, um, <laughs> the WWE decided a number of years back that he is the guy that they want to be the top star in the company. And this is something that they decided at the same time that they were trying to, um, push Daniel Bryan um, off of the main spot on the card and down the roster, down the pecking order, whilst the fans were rebelling and saying, no, we want him as our top star. And um, so for Roman Reigns, he was wrong place at the wrong time and um, he's never recovered and he maybe never will. Yeah, that that Royal Rumble was something terrifying to watch, wasn't it? Um... But yeah, I mean, we've seen him compete, like from popularity standpoint, against Cena, against Punk, against Bryan. He's just fighting a losing battle against the the hardcore crowd, whether it's if you want to call it European crowd. I mean, hopefully, once Raw gets back into the swing of things and um, back to a normal crowd, which might be next week, um, he may get back to a more neutral um, kind of reaction. But these big events nowadays, it, it's just. It's so diverse, the crowd, whether it's from Europe, America, uh, Asia, whatever. Um, the the British crowd, I think it's mainly the British crowd, just they just don't want him. And they seem to be the most boisterous <laughs> in the crowd, so they just they don't they won't allow him. So 
maybe this Saudi this Saudi event is the perfect situation for it. But um, we've already seen on Raw that he seems to be setting up a feud with Samoa Joe, which it, it should be good. Um, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's a tough time for Roman at WrestleManias, I think. But hopefully he's not in the main event again next year because it is getting a bit farcical and a bit forced down our throats too much that if he has five WrestleMania main events in a row, he'll just be it's probably surpassing Hogan levels of fucking top man. Mm. Uh, so yeah, hopefully next year it'll be he'll be in a more protected position, shall we say. But um, that's it for the card, more. I mean, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but in terms of ranking for you, I mean, you said there's probably three good, three very good matches for me, and then some very good um, moments. Um, but where where do you see this? Where where do you see this in the recent mania? Shall we say? Yeah, I thought it was better than probably the last two WrestleManias, um, and overall, um, is it top ten? Maybe, um, might be certainly top 12 or 13, but, um, yeah, I mean, three really good to great matches, um, and overall of the, f- was it 14 or 15 that we had on the card? 14. Um, Four, yes. Yeah, 14, yeah. Um, I had seven down as being good to great, so, you know, and even of, of the others that weren't, um, you know, that they weren't offensively bad, um, so um, it was overall a really, really enjoyable show. I just wish it didn't go quite so long. Um, seven hours for a show is just uh, yeah, a do, bit too much. And a fan, do you think fan, that has to change? Because um, we talked about the crowd a bit, didn't we? It, yeah. It was, it was dying at times. Yeah, I think they struggled to keep with it for, for that long. Um, I, I've been to shows. I mean, it wasn't actually a WWE show. It was a UFC show that... We prelim shows in the main card went on for uh, five plus hours, and that that felt like um, quite a, a chore. So to, to try and get through, so um, seven hours in a huge building um, when the toilets and things like that are likely to be ramped and you know concession stands and all that kind of stuff, uh, it, it can become quite an uncomfortable experience then. So. Um, yeah, I mean, WWE ideally should cut the whole show down and not look to try and get absolutely everyone on the, in the whole roster onto the show some way, somehow. Uh, and that's part of the problem, that um, these days they do try and get everyone on the card, and that's how you end up with 14 matches. And there just, in my view, is no need for it. You, know, you, you should build that card up to be the special show featuring mm-hmm. eight, cream nine... Yeah. Your best matches, your strongest views, and bring him to a climax at that show. And, um, you know, I think that'd be far more effective and go down well with the fans. So that, that'd yeah. be the ideal way to go. I'd, ra- I'd rather the pre show be like one hour and then the main show be four hours or something like that. Mm. Um, just, it, it, it is too much. I mean, I watched, I said this to Andy on the other pod, um, I watched NXT on the uh, live all night and then I, I ended up staying up like an extra hour and a half because it was that good um whereas with wrestlemania it was just simply that long I, f- I fell asleep on the daniel bryan bit um 
and I woke up a bit later and I was like, no, I'm, I'm not staying up for this. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just simply can't. And um, yeah, it, it's just too long, even for mm. people watching on TV. Seven hours is, it's like, it's like three films. <laughs> it's bloody stupid. Oh <laughs> well, um, yeah, I mean you can fly, uh, you can fly to, um, you know, Dubai by, by, you know, within that time. So. Um, <laughs> it's uh, or, uh yeah yeah or even 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 to uh you know um the us in that less time less time than that so uh you know it's just um way too long but uh yeah it, again it, it looks like we're, we're stuck with these very very long shows because um i don't think they've got any plans on cutting it down oh god it's gonna get longer isn't it <laughs> uh but yeah i think I, I kind of agree with you. I'll probably err on our uh, side on the on the slightly negative side of wrestle on this WrestleMania thing. I think it was kind of it kind of got progressively worse, and I think the last three matches were that much of a disappointment. It kind of leaves more of a bitter taste in your mouth. Mm. Um, so I'd probably say it was a poorer WrestleMania, but WrestleMania's kind of struggle having like a co- an absolute complete card don't they? and they have for, for so many years so I think it had some really good moments um and it had some really awful moments um but as as a weekend on a whole I think NXT again it, it, it's just shot all over mania and I can't see this changing anytime soon because NXT is simply perfect at the moment um so yeah NXT massive highlight of the weekend um Ronda Rousey again, massive highlight. Um, and then the low lights, I'm going to have to go AJ Styles, Nakamura, and then the main event, whether it was a good match or not, I think it's just the fact it wasn't allowed to be anything. Um, it just kind of killed it killed the entire show with the two main events being what they were. So, yeah, um, that would be my highlights and low lights. Any, any highlights and low lights from you, Mo? Uh, no, I think that that's pretty much covered it then. Um, so, uh, yeah, certainly... Um, the mixed tag, um, an unexpected match of the night, and um, the uh, tag team partner for Braun, um, quite underwhelming, um, as was Nakamura versus uh, AJ, which was by far and away the most underwhelming match, um, didn't disappoint match of the night. But uh, all things considered, um, for me, it was still ultimately um, a good show. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see, I can see why. Um, but uh, we'll 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 finish up there, more unless there's anything else you want to mention from TV that caught your eye. No, no, that 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 kind of um, does it. I, I know uh, Andy uh, covered the TV with you. Um, well, um, on the other part of this pod, so um, no, that that that's fine by me. Good stuff. Um, but thanks for listening, listen, uh, everyone at home. And uh, this has been the second part of the WrestleMania review. Obviously, if you haven't listened to me and Andy, go check that out. It was more about um, the the, the storylines and stuff. And obviously, we mentioned TV as well, um, debutants and stuff like that. So if you want to check that out as well, feel free. Um, we are on Twitter at PW underscore index. I've been your host, Guy Drinkle. And more thanks for joining me as usual. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.